Hi, everyone. Thank God it's Friday afternoon again and time for the Green Rush live show from the Boston, Massachusetts area. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media. Please remember to like, share and subscribe to all of the Pro Cannabis Media content because we're getting bigger and bigger guests. And I bring in Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report as my co-host today. And Christopher, good to see you, sir. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Good to see you. Good. Uh, as always, a busy week in the world of cannabis. We got the jobs report from Leafly, and we had an incredible um, move in the New York State area where that state basically offered all the hemp farmers an opportunity to jump right into the cannabis THC world with no other paperwork, which is, I think, a really cool thing. The farmers there are extremely excited. And we'll be talking with one a little bit later on this show because we are going to be focused on the world of hemp. But first, we're going to be talking about the world of cannabis MSOs, and we're so proud to have a CEO of uh, AUSA, an audacious. His name is Terry Booth. He is not a he's not the first time he's been on this show. So, Terry, again, welcome back to Green Rush Live. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, interesting. You're talking about hemp. That's the reason I was within minutes being late for this call. I was on a, a two hour call with the hemp company in New York. So. Um, we're, we're all over that. It's an amazing development. Um, it's, it's something that they worked hard on, that, that farmer community of hemp. And, uh, you know, it's, it's past. It, it, it's real. And it's going to be exciting for a first mover advantage in New York State. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad that you were <laughs> glad you're familiar with that. Of course, you are the CEO of a major company. Um, the, the, is New York getting it right, Terry? Uh, to, to be known, right? We've got yeah. uh, the final regulation, not the final, the first draft regulation, which is normally the final once they put out a draft regular, not many changes that you see after a legislation is done. Um, it's anticipated that comes out in, in two weeks. They certainly want to do the right thing. You know, we've been doing our best to um, try to you know, try to help, if you will, with any of the regs and, and, and all companies try and do that. And it gives you some insight into what they're up to and timing of, of New York State. But the beautiful thing is it's going adult usage, man. And, uh, and it's not far away. Uh, New Jersey's there as well. And, you know, it, it's a, a, a population center and it's going to be a significant amount of, of cannabis that trades hands in an adult usage market in New York State. So it's another huge step um, for the cannabis space in America. That's great. And, and Christopher, I know you're familiar with this. It, it seems that whenever new states come on board, introduce adult use cannabis, they run out really fast. So this is why the New York people decided that legislature decided this would be a good time to actually get cannabis on the shelves. I'm guessing you, you believe that's a good move too, right? Well, sure. It allows them to, uh, it allows them to sort of stock up and have the stores be ready for uh, opening day and for opening week and month, really, you know, if they had to start at square one and then, and then try to catch up, of course, they, they would be way behind. So uh, strategically for the first, uh, you know, for the first period, of course, it's a good move. And Terry, what's the latest on Audacious? You seem to be always growing and acquiring and booming. Tell me what's happening. Well, you know, it's, um, it's a good testament to this management team. It's, it, I've not been here a year yet, joined him on March 9th. And in that one year, we've um, gone from only being in Nevada doing $28,000 a quarter to being in Nevada, California, Missouri, working with a group in Massachusetts, obviously all over what's happening in New York and, and looking at um, accretive deals to do. The, the loose deal is, is wrapped up. We're, the, the herb deal is almost wrapped up in Cali. We're selling product in California in a, in a good way. We, we're selling what everything we can put on the shelves. Um, so it is a matter of getting 
product and, and the way to get product is like <coughs> to grow it or acquire it. Um, we're doing both and uh, that expansion is in process. We finally nailed down some you know, financing. It wasn't big, but it, uh, it keeps us rolling along in the same strategy that we have. Um, certainly, we're waiting for rules to change in, in the States. I think every cannabis company is. It'd be nice to be able to deduct your expenses um, from your revenues like, like regular um, business folks. And it would be nice to bank, right? And that, that's all coming. Um, I said before, I think on the interview, Jimmy, that we take our hats off to the, the US cannabis space on how they've managed to continue the wave, you know, to continue to grow, uh, to continue to make state by state better. Sure, there's been some... Uh, you know, screw ups along the way. Some of the social equity wasn't done like it was meant to be done in some of the states. You're seeing that. But, um, you know, when you mentioned New York, is it going to be a good system? They're certainly trying um, to correct any previous mistakes that may have been made in, um, you know, in the social equity piece and in the, well, you, you see with the hemp farmers, you know, letting them into the play. They had a terrible go of it, if you will, on the hemp side, the regulations weren't um, quite cut out or made what they expected to be doing with CBD derived from hemp. And guess, guess why? I think you could look to the FDA a little bit, um, not, um, you know, approving the ingestible, even though World Health Organization said it was cool. But then the FDA has been pretty busy with this COVID thing. So, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, a bunch of different factors still lead to growth. It's still moving forward. And, and I applaud the, uh, the U.S. cannabis space for for doing that and a bunch of great entrepreneurs and, and good folk. We're, we're trying here. Uh, Christopher, I'm going to allow you to uh, ask Terry a direct question because I know you are really good at that. I think that's a great point, Terry. I think it's so important for us to recognize that we're in the middle of this great development of this. You know, we're not at the end looking backwards. We're not in a mature industry looking backwards. We're in the very beginning stages. Um, the Leafly report just came out this week. And I thought that the, like the jobs numbers, for example, were very interesting. It showed that the cannabis jobs have increased 30% since last year. It's now there are more, more workers in cannabis than, uh, than a great number of more industries, three, three times more than dentists. I read things like that. But I thought that there was something very interesting in the report that was way back a little bit, which is that the uh, economics group that did the research uh, determined that the industry was really only about 25% on the legal side. So 75% of the industry still in the United States is still on the illicit side. So there's a huge, uh, a, a huge way to go. Uh, what do you think about the opportunity going forward, and especially with your company? Hmm. On, on, the, um, on the gray market side, you're, you're right. In, in California, you really see that. And it does affect the progress in California. California itself is is difficult to navigate towards profitability unless you're in you know the multiple verticals and then you get you know you pick your poison on the different municipalities because then there's a different set of rules there um right. but they also have the, the gray side of the market on the west coast and you know in some of the interior states and it's big it's a it's a big industry um and how do you you know transition from that one to the next um, some of the states are looking at bringing in you know, with open arms, the, those industry pioneers, I, I like to call them, like passing that baton is an important transition. Uh, being part of the community culture, respecting that as a company is important, in my opinion. Um, that's what we're all about. Um, but um, to, to hear those numbers doesn't make you smile, you know, how we're affecting absolutely in, in a positive way. And, and, you know, I imagine some other statistics have gone down, like opiate usage um, as well. We've certainly seen that in the medical system in, in Canada, proof, proof, positive, like it's not, it's not something we're saying, we've proven it. 
Um, so they take the medical systems, the adult use systems. Not everybody is driving in, into um, the back of cars either. You know, everybody, right. all, the, all the fear factors that went into right. uh, the stigma related to cannabis are, are, are waning. You know, they're going sure. away and, and the acceptance of it is, is amazing. And I love to see those economic numbers because that's what your political will listen to. Employed people um, contributing to, um, you know, the, the bottom line at the tax house. You know, important stuff. So sure. it's uh, it's all all great stuff, and I'm, I'm glad Leafly puts out those type of reports. I haven't read it. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I've got to get on that type of stuff and be better at it. Uh, but it sounds great. Yeah, it, it it just came out, you know. And there are those high level bullet points about the number of jobs and the percentages, and how many more hairstylists and dentists, and you know, those things are are, are novelty. They're interesting cocktail talk and everything. But uh, I think that the growth of the industry is so important. The other thing um, I think is interesting, you mentioned the FDA. And it seems to me that we have sort of, it, it's almost like the grownups are fighting, right? We have the FDA and the DEA, by the Food and Drug Administration fighting to, to understand what should be allowed and to help protect the health of people. And we have the Drug Enforcement Administration fighting for their own budget, fighting to keep their slice, fighting to keep down cannabis, et cetera, et cetera. That seems to be the battle well, uh, hang the on federal before, government here. I got, I got one more for you. The Department of Agriculture just came out with their hemp report this week, too. So okay. my question to Terry, I'm going to just take it right from you, Christopher. Great points. Sure. Where would you like to see this industry regulated? Should it be under one specific in the United States, whether that be the ABC, the DEA or the DOA, which is the Department of Agriculture? Where do you think it's going to end up on the federal side as far as regulations and governance? God forbid it's not with the DEA. Right. <laughs> okay. they, yes, absolutely. To check off. Um, I imagine FDA would, would be sort of where it should, should be. It, it is, um, especially when you get into the medical cannabis, that should be FDA, right? The Department right. of yes. Health and, and whatnot. Um, agriculture, for sure. I mean, they're the ones that did this amazing thing with uh, moving it from the CDSA, hemp, to, uh, CBD derived from hemp, rather. Um, big step. Um, America were the first to do it. And, and I think they put themselves at a distinct advantage. But there's just this lag in the FDA approving the ingestible. Um, you know, we did a deal in Southeast Asia with a group now where they've you know, legalize the ingestible CBD. We're the first American or any um, North American company to do a deal with legal CBD uh, with, with a group in, in Thailand. So it's, it's moving forward in other countries and America is gonna be a little bit behind it if they don't get on this decision uh, on, on the ingestible side of it. And that goes to the agricultural point you're making, Jimmy. Um, I don't know what that report looks like. I don't imagine it looks that great um, for what went down in hemp, but that's, that happens. Everybody ran to it. Um, they're going to run right. back to their lentils. It, it is a difficult plant to grow. It's a difficult plant to harvest. Um, if you've ever seen hemp get combined, I've certainly seen it in the food hemp industry. It's very, very tough plant. It's a thick stock. You need special equipment. You don't want to be laying it in the dirt when you're going to be selling it for food. So it has to go onto conveyor system. So that equipment is, is in Lithuania, but it's not fully in America yet. And that really hurt with yields and then the price of CBD, right? Because CBD has still got a little bit of a cloak on it, um, it's not being widespread in the CPG industry. <clears throat> Everybody's confident in doing CBD topicals. You're not going to get busted for that. But to put it on the shelves of big box in, in a gummy, not there yet. 
um, to put it in a sport drink, not there yet. Is it around the corner? Hell yeah. And that's going to be a, a massive expansion of, of, of CBD. And uh, at least the technology has caught up to some extent where they're able to totally remove THC. Um, and that'll be a requirement when, when it goes mainstream in, in the CPG industry. But uh, the THC industry as well, you know, this adult usage, um, when you compare it to alcohol, for instance, or, or other um, illicit drugs, it's just so much safer. Um, the only way you can get killed by cannabis if a veil drops out of an airplane on top of your head and snaps your neck, you know, that, that's, those are important things. They may be fun to say, but they're true. And um, that, that's the, the movement. And that's why it's having success. Once the, the states are confident and, they're, and they feel good and it, it, and it didn't wreck other states, you know, these pioneer states that went at it and Cali and the Colorados and Washingtons and whatnot, they're seeing nothing but benefits from having this as a part of their economy. Um, a bit of a long question to, to, or a long answer to a short question, but I do see um, agriculture really taking over the hemp industry and I do see hemp taking over CBD. Um, I, I think that will, will be outside of the, um, let, let's call it the MSO space um, where adult usage is, is, is the prime mover and, and certainly brings the bigger dollar. But um, CBD is going to be in demand and, it, and it's going to make the farmers a lot happier. So I think you'll see that hemp report improve over time as CBD comes into mainstream. You know, we just started a, a show about growing called Calling All Growers. It's hosted by Liz Grow, High Times TV personality. And I've also gotten a crash course in sustainable cultivation. I was at a growing conference a few weeks ago that uh, brought growers from Humboldt County, the Emerald Triangle, to the East Coast for the first time to talk about organic farming. Um, Terry, how do you, what, what's your opinion and what's the company's rulings about sustainable cultivation? That's cool that you asked that. Maybe, maybe it's because you're having me today, but we're, we're all over that. We're on top of that with our group from Alps. And it's not just with respect to cannabis. Um, sustainable sustainable environmental, environmental governance is a big thing right now on the planet. And it's an important thing that you reduce those footprints for when you're um, growing food, right? And it applies to cannabis as well, reducing that carbon footprint. Um, you know, Alps is doing deals in, in Dubai, in, in Iceland, and in America on the vertical grow for lettuce and tomatoes. Um, I always use the example of growing a, a carrot on a farm in Mexico and shipping it to Alaska in a truck. Uh, and how much does that impact the environment, the diesel fuel that it's using? And when the carrot gets to Alaska, you could whip a horse with it. It's, you know, it's not a high quality vegetable. We, we can build a facility in Alaska that um, has the same price or similar pricing to what they're paying now for their import of produce, have a dramatically reduced environmental um, footprint and, and be attractive to SEG companies like you know, Blackstones and whatnot who are all over this SEG space. So it's important for cannabis to jump on that bandwagon. Um, it, it's important for um, organic growth to be out there. Organic is uh, not only a great word, it's better tasting vegetables. I, I always espouse that with, with my wife. Um, she's big okay. on organics. You better eat them quick though because the organics don't stay as long because they've zapped the shit out of the other um, vegetables that you're buying, but they taste better. And there's reasons for that. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's not going away, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, genetically modified GMO. Like that's a swear word in Europe. GMO yeah. is just not something that happens. It's something you put in your mouth in, in Europe. And it, yeah, it's exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm, I'm all, all over it. Um, the Mr. Natural brand that uh, 
audacious has coming online. I think we've now um, got some products out there. It's all about organic growth. Um, Bob Luciano, the Rastafarian um, priest, a Vietnam War vet from the Bronx, um, amazing grower. He's grown cannabis longer than I've been alive, and he's an organic grower of cannabis. And mainly um, bases his um, cultivars and his his products on um, on veterans. You know, he's a Vietnam War vet as well, and, and uh, um, he's an organic grower. And uh, it it is a a better plant, in my opinion. It's it's more expensive to grow that, but and but your connoisseurs love it, and and certainly the um, the, the profiles of those plants can be improved. And the way you grow organically can be improved. And it, it is, we're, the guys are doing it out there and the gals are doing it. So it's great that she has that show and you know, it's all about educating each other um, to put the best products forward as an, as an industry. Right, and she and I also had the opportunity to interview perhaps one of the most well-known farmers of cannabis in the world. He of course is known as an actor comedian, Jim Belushi this week. And that was a thrill for me because I've always been a big fan of his. How important is it to have these kinds of names embrace the cannabis movement in the United States and Canada and the world? Yeah, it's cool, isn't that? Uh, the influencers, um, you know, you, you, you have, to, have to have legit influencers for sure. Right. I mean, a lot of people will sell their name for, for the game, um, uh, but it, it, it's it's important. Um, to have those types of organizations and people on board, you know, the, the, the PBR, the Professional Bull Riders Association, that's an association. When, when you affiliate yourself with one individual, you do take a bit of a risk that that individual might screw something up. But when you're affiliating yourselves with leagues and associations like uh, the NFL and the, the NBA and those types of things, those are very impactful on the industry. And just look at what Canopy did back in the day when Constellation Brands came to the table, you know, uh, Corona you know, a large beverage company. So um, it, it, every little piece helps and, and the Belushi's and, and um, you know, Snoop and, and, and those people who have uh, uh, put their name and reputations forward, you know, God bless them. That's all. Hey, la last question. I want to ask you about the emerging markets in Europe. What's going on there? Well, look at, um, very, very sad to see what's going on in Europe right now. Well, um, needless to say, they're a little busy. They're not worried about cannabis. Although I got to tell you, Terry, what would be nice is if everybody would just put their weapons down and sit around and talk and maybe share a joint, yeah. you know? That's not going to happen, I understand. Yeah, 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 take it easy. Really, take it easy. Yeah. Um, UK, awesome. You know, they, they've got a, a decent entry, um, both on the CBD side and the medical THC side. They, they, they've really taken the time to plan it. Um, you see in Germany... Um, stepping up the medical uh, market it is continuing to grow. Australia continuing to grow. Not as fast as we thought when we were back in the day, two years ago or two and a half years ago at Aurora. I thought everybody would be on, on pace with Canada. They're not. You know, it's a, it's a slower grow, but the fact is it's growing. You've heard me say it before. Um, today is the smallest the cannabis industry will ever be, right? Yeah. And, and tomorrow it'll be bigger once again. But um, uh, Asia as, as well, you know, outside of, of Europe, um, they're advancing, you know, Thailand has agreed now to have THC. Um, they're probably a year away. Um, you know, they, they were a signatory on the, on the UN convention in 72. So they have to do the work. You take it out of the hands of the kids, you reduce the legal and you make the stuff safe. Um, but it, it, that'll, that'll, um, you know, they're competitive nations. Other nations will take that on. It's, it's different in America where the states are competitive, but it was more done from a righteous point of view than a business point of view. 
um, that this is a, a good medicine. And that's why you have these 50 different countries um, in America, but they'll, they'll become aligned. And I look forward to the day when we can, you know, cross state lines with um, high quality cannabis. Yeah. Oh, like that isn't happening now. Wink, wink. Right. I mean, come on. Right. We all know it is, but you know, let's make it official. Right. Let's, let's, right. Let's actually have a crop, maybe even a, a commodities mu- uh, market at some point, a future uh, of cannabis. Let's legalize it. Let's stop the bullshit. It's yeah. time. <laughs> sure. Once they make the decision, it's still going to take time, but let, let's make the time to, to, to use the time appropriately. It's, it's time. Absolutely. And, yeah. and speaking of time, it's Friday afternoon at 420-ish. It's usually when we take our break. Terry Booth, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. Uh, you are welcome on this program at any time. And I, I'm going to look for, I'll work with Sasha on this, that grower that you mentioned to see if we might be able to get them on our Calling All Growers show, uh, which I think you'll enjoy. Good stuff. Yeah, he, he would contribute in a big way. He's a, he's a character and a half. Mr. Natural, Bob Luciani. And I remember Mr. Natural, the cartoon. Okay, so that dates me a tad. I understand. Uh, Terry Booth, thank you again. We're going to take our first break. As always, 420, we play Shanty from Jonathan Edwards. It's my thing, if you will, because whenever I was a kid, we were using back in the 70s, we heard Shanty, we had to go and uh, partake, if you will. So now we're going to partake in a little music and a few messages from our sponsors and our supporters. And we say thank you again to Terry Booth from Audacious. Take care. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, guys. 